the last episode of the regular season were filled with drama and emotion. Seven players had their roses from single dates earlier in the season, but Osher had told us there was only one more rose. And it was out of reach for six contestants. That meant in the last rose ceremony, there were only three contestants vying for the one remaining rose in the hope of finding true love. First up, the Raiders had a group date with the Roosters. So much emotion, so much passion, so much heart on the sleeve. It started okay, but when dear sweet Semi literally and figuratively dropped the ball, there was only one possible outcome. Tears. And tears were shed. There was still a mathematical possibility if the Sharks' group date with the Storm the next day ended up 73-0. But it wasn't to be. The methodical, merciless mercenaries from Melbourne refused to allow any joy for the Sharks, but also refused to beat them by enough points to give joy to the Raiders. Joy is not something we've come to expect from the Melbourne Storms. It all came down to the wandering warriors and the Titans. If the Titans could win by 12 or more, the Rose was theirs. They would be the only Queensland contestant in the finals. The scene was set for the most intriguing group date of the series, and it didn't disappoint. It was heartbreak for the two strugglers. Neither the Raiders nor the Sharks received a rose. They were no longer in the running to be Australia's next top rugby league team. They were voted off the island. They were the weakest link. Goodbye. They had to return to the group house, pack up their belongings and leave the bubble. No passing go. No Mad Monday. Rugby league. Oblivion. But Rugby League had not been shut down. After the brouhaha of the previous week between the Roosters and the Rabbits and Joey Manu's face and the Book of Feuds, that was nothing. The wandering warriors with no chance of being in the finals, with nothing to play for, having been vagrant and homeless for two years. They saw what Latrell et al. did last week and said, we might not be the best rugby league team, but by hell, we're not just going to go gentle into that good night. What are we supposed to do? They said, just disappear. We can't just disappear. They stood as one and said, I am not the one you knew. I am not the same this time around. I am fired up. I'm hot. Don't shut me down. And they're not the only ones using that quote. But Chris Gale, I've gotten too aroused just thinking about it. Can you explain to me the madness of the penultimate game of the season and what exactly happened in the last game of the season? Dennis Carnahan, sometimes I don't think I have the words to adequately describe something that's transpired. So on this occasion, I've gone to the source and I'd like to read in part from this prepared statement. I'm genuinely sorry. At the time, I really am feeling like I don't want to be out there opening myself up to it anymore, and I just lost control. But that's all part of my personal growth. I've made some big mistakes, and I know the majority of people will hate me regardless. But to everyone who's ever been kind to me, I'm sorry. I am human. I'm not an animal. Hmm. I do sometimes have my own head noise I'm dealing with and I do make mistakes. I lost control and I recognize it was wrong. Matt Lodge, we here at Fire Up salute you for the brutal honesty that you've shown coming off the back of a brutal late hit on Tyrone Pitchy that came off the back of Jess Tavanga pushing someone over in a brouhaha started by Hollywood good-looking kid Reese Walsh and backed up by Kane Evans, surprise, surprise, off the back of a raised elbow throwing a few at Jared Wallace that got him off the field as well. The Warriors, they've had enough, Dennis. They've been cooped up for too long. They were expressing themselves about the pernicious nature of the lockout. They were thumbing their noses at Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan, and they said, let us be free. Let us live. Let us go home to New Zealand. That's what happened last Sunday, and it put a bit of interest in the game that was sitting at 28 the blot, and it gave us something to talk about. And Matt Lodge, like you... I have a bit of head noise that I'm dealing with right now. Right, I, th- I thought the apology it was reading was from Sammy Vellame for <laughs> dropping the ball <laughs> over and over and over again. But well, no, it was Matt Lodge. You thought it was from all, all 17 West Tigers <laughs> for their 38 to plot pasting by the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, which actually led uh, one of my Roosters fans to go, oh, 38 nil, famous scoreline, honestly. Mm. This, we did reflect last week on the fact that uh, you know, people were saying how violence in footy is a terrible thing. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Awful. It's a terrible, Shameful. terrible thing. Get rid of it. And then we start talking about the Battle of Brookie and what a great night it was and I was out of my chair. And then, 
<laughs> and, and what promos are we expecting for Manly v Melbourne Storms this weekend? <laughs> exactly. We'll have the Stewart brothers and Adam Blair on loop. And and if the Titans ever play the Warriors again, what do you think they're going to show there <laughs> about the love lost between these two teams? Where's it? It, it is well known that uh, Amy Shark's husband uh, once worked at the Gold Coast Titans and was responsible for their video editing and responsible for the highlights packages. Amy Shark's husband. It's, it was actually Amy yeah. Shark herself, wasn't it? Oh, was it Amy doing the video highlights? Yeah, Amy, no, was, was, doing, uh, Amy was doing the video stuff. Oh, well, I stand corrected, but it's not a full-time job, is it? Putting together highlights packages of the Titans. And, and can, can you imagine whoever fills that position right now? They will be over the moon because finally they've got something to show what we stand for. And let me tell you, I think there was a bit of sim bin mania going on on Sunday. I mean, Sean Bloor got put in the bin and a love tap in the later game. But I think at one stage it was uh, 12 on 10 or something like that. And I think the fans loved it. Oh, the fans Definitely loved it, and it, that was the most. It was the most intriguing game. So many just odd, odd, odd things happened in the game. It was, which I think is traditional for the last round of the season. There's going to be weird stuff that happens. It goes a bit crazy. This is the preemptive move to Mad Monday. Now the NRL has again, for I think the fifteenth year in a row, has come out and said there is to be no Mad Monday celebrations. They've they've banned Mad Monday. They do it every year. And every year it happens. So we're sitting here on a Tuesday night just waiting, waiting to see when do the photos come out? When does a leak happen? TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, look, you know, no greater luminary than Gus Gould, who, let's face it, his legacy at the New Zealand Warriors is surely packaged up in Matt Lodge and Kane Evans. Thank you very much. Um, he's gone on record saying there will be no Mad Monday for the dogs. There will be a get-together and there will be no alcohol served which feels about two or three weeks too late after the Adam <laughs> Elliott incident. Uh, Adam has put his hand up and he said, I am prepared to sign a contract that bans my consumption of alcohol. So uh, we hope that he gets his shirt back on in the form of a Bulldogs jersey and joins that rejuvenated roster, Dennis, that has me looking somewhat trepidatiously at the competition ladder in 2022. It is one of those things. It's fine to bad man, ban Mad Monday, but at the same time, what happens People, they have to have some outlet, so they go to a barbecue, or maybe they'll they'll get some dancers back into the bubble, or maybe they'll pass milk across the like. It, it, <sighs> mad Monday. This is nothing. This is Gus's mistake. I mean, they shouldn't be announcing that they're not having a Mad Monday, and they're banning alcohol. They should be announcing that they're not having a Mad Monday, and they're banning barbecues because they're ninety percent <laughs> along the way to having a very very calm, <laughs> controversy free uh, end of season. But let's let's go. There was the final round of a fabulous, wonderful season. Let's just go quickly go through the final round. And all I saw on Friday on, on Thursday night, the misery of Thursday night. And last year, the Raiders ended the Sharks season. That was wonderful. This year, the Sharks ended the Raiders season. That was horrible. But there was one wonderful <laughs> moment when Teddy had a little argument with Jerry Sutton. Did we? Did you see this? Yeah, Teddy's become the. Genius as far as captain challenges are concerned. He was somehow able to finagle uh, a captain's challenge about some other matter that ended up exposing the Flegler love tap on Tupanua's nose that yes. got the winning penalty against the Broncos. And this time he was just simply trying to buy some rest. And so rather than challenging the thing that would be obvious, he challenged whether the player was tackled into touch and the whole full body was. And it just brought them some rest, some rest because... Then the referee and the bunker started arguing whether that was challengeable or not. And they eventually came back and said, what Tedesco has sought to challenge is unchallengeable. But that took them the best part of 90 seconds to resolve that there could be no captain's challenge and got exactly the desired effect, a little bit of rest for the Roosters. It was an intriguing thing because that, like Jerry Sutton, he, what he's known for is he knows the rule book backwards and he executes it perfectly. So he sat there and Teddy was saying, uh, was arguing, saying you know, he wasn't held. And Jerry said, you cannot challenge that. It is not part of the captain's challenge to challenge whether he's held or not. I have said he's held, there then pushed me to touch. The only thing you can challenge is whether he's put into touch. And then Joey Atkins in the bunker said, you can't actually challenge that. <laughs> and so that was what came back was you can't challenge that. So Jerry has said you can, but you can't. Which is, and when you hear the name Jerry, you're kind of wondering if Joey up there is George Costanza and you've got George and Jerry. I'm arguing. I'm, 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 it was a ridiculous argument. And it, all it did, Teddy sat there, as you say, going, oh, how good is this? I've got the 90 <laughs> seconds for the boys. Keep, keep talking, fellas. I mean, 
you know, there's been no bigger fan of me than all the rule changes made by Project Apollo over the last two years, which seems to have alienated fans and confused them in many, many ways. But think about those poor referees. They now have to memorise two schedules of challengeable and unchallengeable offences. And don't don't be mistaken, Teddy Tedesco, he's a sharp guy and he says, I'm going to exploit the weakness here. And, gee, I'd hate to see a grand final decided by an unchallengeable captain's challenge, Dennis, but it might happen. <laughs> it could indeed. And then the following night we had Parramatta and Penrith. Now, I, I just Parramatta rested players. <laughs> the arrogance and the the idiocy. You're already a dud team. This is like, you know, we're going to talk later about teams that need a clean out. This, this is like the the Bulldogs resting players for the last game of the season when they're not in the finals. The Eels have rested players and how did they go? Well, it was a really dud game. And yes. I actually, I actually recognised about five or six of the Parramatta squad. So they really had to go deep into the roster, but they really gave the game away. And you could see that they weren't uh, operating on full tilt Speaking of captain challenges, there was an issue as to whether a Penrith player had his foot in touch when he caught the ball and therefore ball kicked out on the fall. I think it might have yeah, been yep, a penalty yep, off yep, a yep. restart. And uh, from 150 metres away, Fergo challenged whether his foot was actually in touch with the ground, and of course it was. But um, there were a couple of nice moments in the game which had nothing to do with the football, Dennis, because it was irrelevant. Uh, you might have caught Jerome Luai running on in the second half where Penrith upped the gear and dismantled the Eels, saw that I think Akiti had dropped his mobile phone onto the player's entrance tunnel, stopped, picked it up like it was a loose ball, handed it to the kid, went on and banged on about three try assists. And you could tell the commentators, and I think sometimes the commentators need a rest, Dennis. Lord knows we do. And so they start to focus on some of the ephemera that is rugby league. Listen to this example. Perham knocked it down and Dunster did well. There we go. There's a moment for you. Hayes to Hayes. In first grade rugby league, that's a first. Wow. Vossi. Won't really be mentioned in the big league annual, will it? Ah, uh, you never know. It might be. I'm just thinking about Jerome. There wasn't there an incident at Brookvale where a, a mobile phone was being handed through the cage and it, it caused a ruckus? Yes, absolutely. But Jerome's, Jerome's such a lovely boy, he's allowed to do it. And you'd hate to think there's some breach of handling mobile phones during game time. You know, you know what? I'd hate to see a grand final decided by Jerome Lewi picking up a fan's mobile phone while the game was still live. And just Dennis. tapping his multi. Yeah. And good, good looking kid, Jerome. Mm. But surprisingly, the fashion stakes were taken out by his half's partner on this particular occasion. I'll tell you, those eyebrows are immaculate from Nathan Cleary. That's why you get the big bucks. <laughs> See, again, they kind of have to be a bit like that thing on the top of his lip. He's doing everything he can to get people's eyes up away from the chin. My eyes are up here, guys. My eyes are up here, guys. <laughs> That's right. He's trying to take emphasis off the moustache. The moustache <laughs> that's launched, launched 10,000 vaccinations in the last week as Nathan continues to be the face of the pro-vaccination campaign. And I'd like to send a shout-out to Payne Haas. And uh, it's really, really important. Those eyebrows look immaculate. And Michael Ennis doing his bit for getting those vaccination rates up by highlighting Nathan's eyebrows in Parramatta versus Penrith. And we really need to savour this last round, Dennis, because in lockdown, we've had eight games every weekend to look forward to. It's just been a lifeline for so many of us. And over the next four weeks, we've only got nine games total. Well, if we're going to speak about eyebrows, we're going to have to speak about facial structure cheekbones, maybe eyelashes and deep set wonderful Eastern European eyes. And if you're going to do that, you can you cannot go past uh, Ziggy Shiklasa Adamski or Zbigniew as he is to his friends. Zbigniew had his first game with the whistle and congratulations Zbigniew. He's previously done the duo. Um, he, was right. in, he was in fact the second referee in the, the, the greatest club rugby league game of all time, the Raiders versus the Storm in uh, 2019. Um, but he had his own and how good was it to see him? Well, I tuned in late and I thought, oh, it's one of these you know, issues where those imposters don the gear and they get away for five minutes because I said, I don't recognize this guy, but he is very handsome. <laughs> and now, give me his name again in full. Zbigniew Shoklasa Adamski. And Ziggy for short, yeah? Ziggy. Ziggy PA. Yeah. So, for you music fans out there, he's got David Bowie and Seal wrapped up in one name. That's incredible. And you know him. Oh, You've absolutely. eaten with him, Correct. 
Well, he's the one referee. So when we were in uh, in Bathurst, yes, yeah, so I went and had dinner with him and his wife because we were staying in. T- I, was, I stayed in town overnight the night of the game. Everyone else left. So there yeah, we sat there and had a lovely chat. What a, what a lovely young man. What a lovely young family they are. Speaking of lovely young families, the Travoyevich oh brothers. Good grief. I know you're sick of it, but oh, they're such lovely boys, aren't they? they? They're wonderful. Wait till you meet the third Travoyevich and a little bit of sadness in their family over the weekend. So um, we really do send them best wishes. And, you know, I know it was uh, convenient and conventional to hate Manly, but it's becoming increasingly difficult. You've got the mad professor at the helm, Des, grunting and groaning away and singing his Tom Waits mm. covers. But uh, let's go real conventional football, Dennis, and listen to a couple of those Travoyevich magic moments as they closed out the North Queensland Cowboys. Foreign Tom Travoyevich beats two, three, maybe a fourth. They're coming at him. He's beat six and seven. Tom Travoyevich has been an eighth. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Tom Travoyevich has been every current Cowboy and maybe a couple of former players too, on the run to the line. I don't have enough figures to count how many tackles he's just broken. Well, we're going to try his 7,000 supercoach points. <laughs> so, so, Dennis, I think this is not only <laughs> one of the greatest moments of individual brilliance in rugby league, I think the National Rugby League is sighing collectively a sigh of relief in that it is now the greatest individual try and they're not somewhat honour bound to show one Jay Hayne back in 2009 anymore because this is a clip set and they can put this as their centrepiece. And if we can just go to the end of the game, and I don't know if anyone's caught it online, but there were, and, and I don't understand betting at all, Dennis. I know you do. I know you've got a problem and you really, really should take my calls on it. But someone had a multi with a 58 and a half point spread, I think, which meant that everything was set up with the final scoring margin the way it should have been in Manly, North Queensland. And Reuben Garrick with the ball, and all he had to do to secure the kitty about six grand in winnings was run over the dead ball line, but he did this instead. Ball to Powell, nothing doing. Ball is loose. Granville, here's a match race for the ages. Garrick v Granville. Garrick gets there, walks across the dead ball line, now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes, changes direction. This is Rugby League, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. And still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom. Tom. My goodness. That is from another universe. Rugby League is not played like that by mortals. That is something that has come from out of this world. <laughs> There's no, no. What's he's, what's he's putting his hand up for Opera Australia as Brunhilde? He's, like he's, he's got the big high notes on that one. Is there any surprise that he's the most popular rugby league caller? And oh. Mr. 2% Matt Thompson, take those as audition tapes because that's the standard you need to aspire to. And we need you to aspire to because I don't see Ray Hadley anywhere mm. on NRL 360 right now. And I fear him oh. stepping into the booth. But probably surpassing those two brilliant moments, Dennis, was- In that game. Yeah, there's something even better in that game, which I'd like you to hear now. What about young Lachlan Ilias on debut at halfback? What about him? What, what can we expect from well, him? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I've never seen him play, so Max Tills. What have you heard about him? Well, I've heard he can play. <laughs> I'm seeing him tonight. What about Mark Nichols captaining? What's that mean for him? Yeah, I I'm not sure what it means to him, but I'm not sure what I did it, actually, I'm thinking about it. Thanks for your time, Mike. Okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's, that's wonderful. In the words of the great man himself, that's wonderful. Everyone says Wayne hasn't got a job next year. He just finds whatever the local comedy club up there in Brisbane or maybe down on the Gold Coast, and he's set for life. I mean, that man is great. And, of course, he referenced your... Idol, Nosy Nichols, who captained mm. the South Sydney Rabbitohs to a narrow victory against St. George Illawarra, where the bunker seemed to miss a few pushes, in my view. And Nosy was in the in the <laughs> press, obviously, not only for being the GOAT and getting the captaincy and people getting tattoos, but there was a little story that was run that 
in the lead up to his wedding a few years back to his partner, Perry, they visited a few churches and they fell in love with one on the City University precinct. And he tweaked to the fact that if you were attending the university, you could get a discount rate on the church. So he enrolled in a one-day course and he had it in his South contract that they would pay for any professional development. So he did the one-day course, <laughs> the rabbits pay for it, and he got his wedding on the cheap. I mean, no wonder he's the goat. Nosey Nichols, oh. you got more than two tries in you, my son. The guy's a genius. He'll, he'll, produce, he'll be the next Craig Bellamy. With, that's, with that kind of thinking. Or, or, or on 360, they had a few problems with the caption writer last night, Craig Bellamy, they had at one stage. <laughs> and, of course, I think probably coming up in relation to the Roosters, surprise, surprise, resilience spelt with an A-N-T. But anyway, don't get me started. Yeah. So he was. So that was a little cross to him from the Manly game. But then we had the Souths and St. George game. And you reckon there was some pushing in that. I, I think it was fine. I thought it was a wonderful. There's a great send-off that game for one of the, one of the, the rugby league's greatest, uh, Corey Norman. And it was the most appropriate <laughs> send-off that he's, they're, what, 18, 20, nil, 24 down and he... He sets up three tries, and then with moments to go, the ball comes to him. The game's alive. The future is in his hands. The final game of the season's in his hands, and he just drops it cold. And it's a, a summation of his rugby league career. He's probably secured a contract with the Tigers as a result. Now, look, it pretty was. There were a few send-offs. I mean, there was a streaker who you – know, I hate streakers that just come on with trousers on, right? You know, like uh, – that's, that's not a streaker. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's a pitch invader. And they should – they should actually, I think they always say they, they fine them 5000 and give them a two-year ban or whatever. A pitch invader should be banned and fined more than a streaker because at least the streaker is giving, giving us something to look at. And I, I thought what the streaker was doing was actually thumbing his nose at uh, the Melbourne Storms for failing to break the Roosters' 19-game consecutive winning streak. <laughs> but there was a great man who was farewelled by uh, a tunnel of honour at the end of the game, Dennis. Yeah, it's a great man, one of the greatest, and and genuine friend of the show, Matt Checken, the people's hero, the people's hero, the man, obviously, as the greatest referee and the people's hero, he was the people's champion against Cameron Smith, who was the enemy of the people, the enemy of all things, and he, he gave some insight into Cameron Smith. Yeah, he gave an interview, and, I'm, and let's face it, I can't wait for the Chechen book, but he said, the thing with Cam... He did get a lot of airtime with referees, but he did it in a way that he'd come and talk to you on the field and you'd feel like pausing the game, ordering a couple of coffees or a couple of beers to have a chat about it. He was really engaging, but not in a nasty, you stuff that up way, but he'd say, Chech, I agree with that penalty, but can you keep an eye on that guy? He always seems to get caught in there and we're not really locking it in. And your mind starts to go, maybe he's right. And I think Chech has been very, very honest. He said when he thought he blew the call in that Cronulla game recently that it was probably time for him to leave the game. But earlier on, I think he was having some doubts, wasn't he, Dennis, about whether, in fact, he was being played by Cameron Smith. And then didn't he do something to get revenge? Yeah, well, it wasn't so much that he got revenge. He finally said, I am the authority, Cam, you are not. You're the captain. Sure, you're the captain of Australia. You're the captain of Queensland. You're the captain of Melbourne. But I have a whistle. And you don't. And I wrote a little song about an event that happened between the two. Chechen was a ref from the west side of the country. He grew up in WA, back when the Reds still played. In the cool of an autumn night, in the land of Galilee Cameron Smith being offside Gave away a penalty Then Smith showed Chech descent So Chech marched him another ten When Smith gave lip again Chech sent him to the bin I heard the angels sing And 16,000 people cheered When Smith was binned Brother won a night of penalties First time in the bin in 16 years Glory be Heard the church bells ring And 16,000 people booed when Smith was binned The penalty count was 33 Finally a righteous referee Yes indeed As he walked towards the line He wouldn't go to 
aside A triumph of pantomime And the Cronulla crowd went wild They were shouting at him, cheat! And he dummied with his feet And he smiled a villain's grin As he stumbled towards the bin It looked like he'd changed his mind When he failed to cross the line Touch judge said it's time And he fell across the line He was finally in his place And the crowd went wild again I heard the angels sing And 16,000 people cheered When Smith was pinned First time in the bin in 16 years Finally a righteous referee Glory be Yes, it was one of those nights where I think the crowd attendance was, it was a full house at 16,000, but I reckon I've spoken separately, individually to 420,000 people who believed they were there on that night. And it was the, it was the greatest night of pantomime that night. It was just the, the, the villainy of Smith. It was the booing of the crowd. It was just beautiful. It was, last, it was like last night at the proms. Look, you got to credit Smith. I mean, he played into it by trying to uh, actually establish where the sideline was. He looked so, he was very much in unfamiliar territory, uncharted waters. In fact, it was almost like he was physically playing out how he'd all feel about COVID-19. And it, <laughs> it really does upset me that I can't turn to you, Dennis, and say, I was there. I wasn't, you were. I was there. He was actually, the touch judge said, you have to cross the line. And he pointed down at the halfway line and said, do you mean this line? It was like, he literally did it. And the the touch judge, um, Brett Sutter, actually pointed to the side and said, no, no, this line. It was like, come, you sit in my chair. It's a good chair. I don't want to sit in your chair. Yes, you sit in my chair. It was just such a great routine. The clowning, the villainy. It was punch and judy. It it had everything. But- but it was a long time ago and Matt has gone. Yeah, I will put on our Facebook page uh, the, the fact that uh, Cam and uh, frontline Corey Parker have collectively become the public face of Adventure Kings, which, which I think is a tent company or something like that. But the picture is a beaming Cameron Smith and it goes, Cameron Smith, quality testing. Now, I don't know whether they've tested Cameron and he's of sufficient quality or whether there's a new methodology that goes, your business process, your product has been Cameron Smith quality tested. How about that? <laughs> he's picked at every little possibility, every little angle. He's taken them all in and, <laughs> and worked it out. You know what I wouldn't mind having quality tested? The Canberra Raiders roster. Maybe Cam could come and quality test that. Maybe Cam could quality test what's going on at the Tigers. Well, people, Maybe that would help. People probably accuse us of dwelling too much on our own teams, Dennis, but then yes. get your own show. Uh, and look, very, very importantly, we're about to lose half our audience yes. because basically eight teams are gone and they won't be tuning in to follow the playoffs. And so this is our last chance to talk meaningfully about our two teams. And from I, I messaged you after, you know, and I think they had the rock Sammy out there. Poor old Sammy Valame didn't have a night to remember. <laughs> but good on Sticky for saying, I'd pick him again next week, which yeah, could be part of the problem down at Canberra, <laughs> mind you. Uh, <laughs> was I texted you and I said, how are you feeling? And he said, it's time for a clean out. Time for a clean out. What's happening down in Raider Town and what does a clean out look like for you, Dennis? I don't know. I couldn't do it. And this is why, this is why I love Ricky because Ricky will do it. I, I couldn't do it. I love them all. They put on lime green and I just, I just love them. I was, saw some, you know, the, you know, that silly memory things come from Facebook. There was a memory of a, a victory song in a dressing room in 2015 and I happened to be in the dressing sheds with them and there's all these players have gone and gone on to other clubs and been absolute duds and I looked at them and I still love them all. So there's talk of, oh, I don't know, I think it's all just rubbish. I think it's all, yeah, Ricky Stewart. I think Ricky Stewart really, he he has the reins and, and he... He will do it. And he had a wonderful thing to say after the game. What did you make of the Roosters? No, I'm not, I don't care about the Roosters. I'm worried about me. Seriously, that, that should be the name of our podcast. I don't care about the Roosters. I'm just worried about me. Did you notice the grammar has changed? Yes. It's no longer, I just worry about Ricky. I worry about Ricky Stewart. He worries about him. I do, I think Ricky needs some time off and I'd, I'd you know, more than happily go down and have a chat to him, have a couple of beers. 
But we we've, we've dwelt many times on Fire Up at the time. I think when he was departing from the Canola Sutherland Sharks, he said it's the first time that Ricky Stewart's thought about Ricky Stewart and done something for Ricky Stewart. Uh, if Ricky's starting to say that he's just thinking about me, he might be getting uh, out of the nation's capital sooner than we think. And if he brings <laughs> if he, if he brings Mitchell Pearce to the fold. As the rumours bubble along, Dennis, that might just accelerate the process. Yeah, I did watch Mitchell Pearce the other day, uh, just just a couple of days ago, having a run for the line while two other players ran past him. <laughs> I thought, just Electric. what we need, just what we need, a couple, an, an old, slow halfback past his prime, just like you did with Matt Orford. How good did that go? <laughs> so, can I put a hypothetical to you, Dennis? You know how they put, like, on NRL 360, the player of the round and you can vote? Yeah. And, obviously, Tommy Turbo cleaned up this thing. There's been a lot of talk about a foot race between Josh Adokar and Jason Saab. Yeah. So let's make it a hypothetical. Adokar, Saab, Pierce. Who wins that race? <laughs> I think uh, Adokar, Saab, I think, <laughs> might might take that one. Um, I, I do think if you put in Xavier Sauvage, there might Ooh, be yes. something different. Um, and I do, there's, a lot, there's a lot of good going on down there. And there's there an article this morning about how often teams that win the premiership, they want, they've got a quorum. They've got a group that have debuted together and gone up together. Like the Tigers in 05, they had 11 players who had their first grade debut with the Tigers. And the Raiders are getting that. They've got some young backs. They just, they just need a little linchpin. I, I think, still remembering, we're only seven years into the 25-year plan. So I, I suspect that when, you know, it was only in the last couple of years that the halfback that's going to take us to the next dynasty under Ricky's 25-year plan, he's only just been born. Was this part of the problem? Because let's face it, it's 27 years since you last lifted the trophy. Mm-hmm. And when Ricky was brought in, he misunderstood what they gave him. He misread it. <laughs> and instead of a five-year plan, he thought it was a 50-year plan. So, yeah, so, no, 25. So 25 said- <laughs> from when he started. So 50 years from when they- And the Roosters waited 42 years. <laughs> By the way, is it Xavier Savage or Xavier Savage? It's Xavier. The name is always Xavier. It's never right. Xavier. Sounds like a men's cologne, doesn't it? Xavier and or Xavier? No, no. I, I mean uh, Xavier Savage for the oh, yeah. discerning gentleman. Absolutely. Which reminds me, I saw an ad for a men's cologne during the week, featuring Johnny Depp, and it looks like he's back. Like you know, all that trouble's behind him. The and puppy dogs now. The- <laughs> The issues with Amber, he's now promoting men's cologne. I'm sure it's leaping off the shelves for Father's Day. Wow. So how, how did your team go in the last round? And how's your team going next, going forward, Chris? Well, Dennis, before we dive into the Tigers, uh, it oh. would be remiss of us to miss out on our last opportunity to hear from, despite what other people might think, the man who remains the greatest game's greatest thinker. Welcome to Thinking Forty with the game's greatest thinker, Ricky Stewart. And I'm not being disrespectful to the Roosters, you know. Um, If we can't beat that team out there tonight, we're only wasting another week being up here. As a game to see the families, because I mean, I mean, um, um, we couldn't beat that team like Christ. Maybe we're waiting for another week to get beaten. Thinking 40 with the game's greatest thinker, Ricky Stewart. And will he get, will he get fined for that? Because you're not, you're not meant to swear in your press conferences. Yeah. I think that's actually a fine. Yeah, but- I, think, I think they gave him a bit of a leave past after all the Robbo incident. <laughs> they said, based on the performance that the Raiders put out, yeah, it would be it'd be a cruel and unusual punishment to leverage even more pain on Ricky. But you asked me about my Tigers, Dennis, and the Tigers sent around a, a post yesterday with a picture of five players, namely Billy Walters, Michael Cheekham, Moses Mbai, Russell Packer, and Joey Leilua with the simple moniker or the simple label, thank you. Right. And... Uh, there might have been a tinge of sarcasm there, depending on which way you looked at it. But uh, we are really under the pump, Dennis. It was a nadir that I wasn't expecting up there at good old Morton Daly. You know, tip my lad to what a, my lid to what a terrific career Morton had in rugby league. Great centre, Morton Daly's terrific, wonderful play, magnificent three quarter. We really just didn't have anything left in the tank. We were gas, whatever cliche you want to use, Dennis, and we got wrestled by the dogs. Ouch. And so the pre- the. The pressure is now on Madge. 
And the pressure is being felt in all sorts of sections of the Tigers community, Dennis. For example, Buzz Rothfield has reminded on Twitter Bryce Gibbs of Bryce Gibbs' undertaking that if the Sharks finished higher than the Tigers on the table, which they did, uh, the Gibbonator would swim naked from Bundina to Cronulla. First of all, how far is that? I don't know. My question is, when's he doing it? Because uh, the spring currents come in. You know, a trifle nippy. Might be a little bit of winky shrinkage on Gibbsy. It could be a bit of an OH&S issue with having a naked Gibbs in our Pacific Ocean. Mm. But, but of course, in all the recriminations, of course, Michael Shamus just has sharpened the knives for the Tigers all season. Oh, yeah. Uh, whilst, whilst being a Penrith apologist. Who was that young woman who observed those Panthers players walking that drunk man home? All those kilometres. And, and are you going to – the guy that dropped the phone, which was picked up, was that actually a Chamus plant? <laughs> exactly. To make Luai look good. But it backfires because he could have been thrown out of the game. Exactly. But anyway, Chamus had his two-piece, two-part expose waiting for the end of the season, the completion of the Wild West Tales from Tiger Town, or as many people are now calling it, Fails from Tiger Town. And so he's just, he's just doubled down and dumped that on us. At the perfect time, as it turns out, because we absolutely got blown apart. And the review is on, Dennis, and it's top to tail. It's been conducted by Justin Pasco, who's the CEO, and Adam Hardikin, the head of football operations. So uh, people are theorizing that it's not actually that much of a top top and tail if it's an internal <laughs> review. Because lots of people say it's the coach. A lot of people say it's the players. But some people say it's the club. Itself, Dennis, with mm. 10 years of futility, how do you look at the Tigers? Uh, well, I saw, I think I saw that same article and Lee Hadjipatelis saying that, that there's so many good things happening. There's so much good stuff. There's this great community asset in the center of excellence. And it's a community facility. Is that what it's called? It's a community facility in Concord. It has a cafe. Oh. Uh, it has, a, I think it has an outdoor netball court. That's um, great. I'm starting to str- struggle now, but. It's community asset. But how? Like, what, what, what a great thing to happen. So they've got that community asset. Then out in the West, they've got this, it's not a center of excellence, but it's a, it's a development center. And they've got juniors and they've got so much good stuff happening off the field. And then he kept saying this word, but there's a disconnect between all the good stuff that's happening in the club and what's happening on the field. The good stuff happening in the club, it has a disconnect with what's happening on the field and with the results on the field. Now, who is it? Who's the conduit if you've got the off-the-field good stuff happening, the club, the community, and then you've got the players on the field. Who's in between that? Would that be the coach? Well, that might be the coach. Could he be the disconnect? Is this, is he, is this Hadjipatelis saying he's about to be voted off the island? He's going to join the Raiders and the Tigers and the Sharks in rugby league oblivion? Well, you add item with Roy Masters, who said that the Tigers dramas is like an episode of Survivor. And he seems very literate in the show language. So it's good to see that Roy gets a bit of reality TV. (laughs) But look, these are the questions that are being asked in this review. I expect to be involved in the review. They're saying senior players will be. Well, I'm a senior fan. I expect to have my voice. But the, the searching hard questions, as with Ricky Stewart, need to be asked by our man on the ground, Flak Jacket Corey Parker. And here he, here's his exchange with Madge after the defeat to the Bulldogs. Your name's been mentioned in regards to your job being under pressure. Are you the right man for the job for the Tigers? Uh, yep. Yep. Pathways of clubs takes a little bit of time. Doesn't mean you can't get better performances on the park. I'll acknowledge that. But it's about continually just sticking to the path of where we're going with this group. Yeah, we've gone obviously to uh, a number of youth now and you know, then you add in a number of those players that I just spoke about before, uh, the, the game is a lot different. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the off-season. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. <laughs> that enjoy the off-season. That reminds me of who was it? was Shrek O'Mealy packing into a scrum against, against, I think it might have been against the Tigers and it might have been Aaron Woods. And as they've packed in on the last round of the season, he's got two weeks out to go from the end of the season. He goes, so, so what are you guys doing for Mad Monday? And Aaron Woods was incensed and started swinging. It was beautiful. Thank, thank God he didn't say, enjoy the rest of your life. Because <laughs> that, that might be happening. And unfortunately, this being an audio medium, I think when he asked, are you the right man for the job? And he went, yep. He then sort of like tugged at his collar <laughs> like this. But uh, He didn't go the full Matt Elliott and lift his tie. Yeah, but the Pasco Hardigan review, which I'm expecting an invitation to, as I said, at any minute, will involve a soul-searching 
inquiry of Madge and what his part is as this conduit into this vision of this dystopian future is set out on the Tiger's animated realisation of the Concord Centre of Excellence where these, these, these people from a distant planet are on sort of rehab tables and having coffees in these cafes. <laughs> it really is a disturbing set of images. And fortunately, Dennis, you might have caught the news that the music world was knocked on its axis last week with the announcement that Iron Maiden has a new album coming out called Senjetsu. And that meant you probably missed that ABBA, after 40 years, a little bit like the long-term plan that Ricky Stewart has, have dropped their first two songs in 40 years. One is called I Still Have Faith in You, which is the song that Madge is desperately hoping to hear from the Tigers board as a result of this review. But the other song, Madge has actually collaborated with both ABBA and us. And if you listen to the words of this song, you'll hear what Madge's submission will be to the Tigers to keep his job in 2022 and beyond. A while ago I heard the sound of children's laughter. Now it's quiet, so I guess they left the park. This wooden bench is getting harder by the hour. The sun is going down, it's getting dark. I realize I'm cold, the rain begins to pour. As I watch the windows on the second floor The lights are on, it's time to go It's time at last to let him know Listen to these days. Well, I trust Danny Widler. Yeah, well. It's so important with regards that you're right. I got the wrong, yes. wrong game. Can you find today? No. I can't get fired today, can um, I have no intelligence. That's what I'm suggesting. So, fellas, I guess since, since I have the, the only team left in the comp, we're going to have to start with... Um, we're going to start with Wayne Bennett. Who, me? Yes, Wayne Bennett. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Wayne Bennett, and you guys touch on this, so we've got the problem at South where we've got this fullback coming in, Blake Taff, who hasn't, who's only played about five or six games of, of, in any grade in the last two years because of COVID and, and whatnot. Um, so there's a big problem about like no one actually knows if he's a good player or not. But Wayne Bennett had this to say, which made me feel a bit better. Oh, he's got nice. Yeah, look, he's a football player. I know that, so it's. Oh, that's handy. It's what you're always looking for. You're always looking for that. He's a player. Yeah, and I've watched enough football to know that that's who you want. You want a player. Maybe one day he'll be a Origin player. Yeah, and speaking of sharp uh, insight, we go to the the doyen of sharp insight, Cooper Cronk. So Drew Hutchison is having a night here this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> They must be jumping at shadows knowing that you captured this stuff, Pat. It must be really unsettling in the booth. Well, I don't think they do, but once you think you've found something, you can just go to week after week, it, it dries up. Like, was and Kronk, they're not 
Like they don't have the same joie de vie that they had a few weeks ago. Crawley. Yeah, Steve Crawley tapped them Cr- on the shoulder. Well, Paul Crawley, like he's dried right up. He's just like the rest of them now. Like he's not. Um, anyway, it just makes it harder. That's all right. But speaking of hard. Hello. Oh, yeah. Speaking of hard. <laughs> Mad Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get the serious stuff out of the way at the top. Um, I think that footballers should be allowed to do whatever they want as long as it's to another footballer. Just lock them up, do whatever you got to do. Um, certainly the three of us don't mind a beer and we've all, you know, done stuff that, that in, in a different context may, may be inappropriate. But there's one person who really, really dislikes Mad Monday. At some point, there's just got to be a... Yeah, an understanding that this Mad Monday concept is stupid. Creates a mindset, though, when the dress-up comes. Almost like some people got a mask. No one recognises me. Yeah, yeah, look, I'm not, a, look, I'm not a, a fan of Mad Monday. I think it's had its use-by date. I get the, the concept of it. And, and the whole dressing up bit, while it's, it's a novelty, <laughs> it causes embarrassment to the game. And all you could get from that is that like, surely he's hiding something. Like, you know, those evangelical preachers, they're all the ones that get caught up in, you know, the the ugly stuff. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I, I, I... <laughs> Are you taking us down a particular pathway here with poor Kent? Ah, uh, well, not just poor Kent, because as I was digging deeper, I found that, that this cabal is, is not just poor Kent. Can I ask a psychological question, though? What is it about the young fit bloke that needs to get nude with his mates all the time? I don't know. Like, I, don't know, I understand the drinking, the singing, the carrying on, the chasing sheilers. Is it a football? I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I'm scared to take my shirt off at home when no one's there. I mean, but these blokes are ripped. They've got the V thing happening. Everyone, you know, they're at the peak of their fitness. I understand why it's, hey, look at this. But why the dude? Why get the dude out? That's Paul Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, first of all, that sh- tells me that you're watching Sky News, Pat. Um, and, and secondly... <laughs> Uh, I can. I think I can explain what uh, Kenny's aversion is to Mad Monday, rather than a hidden desire to start pulling on um, some outrageous costumes and leave it at that. I think it's well known that he really only made one first grade appearance for the Parramatta Eels. Is that yep. about so right? So there's actually Seven yeah. There's, so he was the halfback forgot their boots, or so there was a problem with warm up where the halfback was delayed. So Paul Kent was thrown on, and he was supposed to just kick off. Let the guy do whatever problem he needed to fix up and sub him off. But he ended up being on for like, yeah, seven, ten minutes or something. He was only supposed to- He also had a bugged ankle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Have a a guess who wasn't invited to Mad Monday celebrations. Oh, he got a start. He was in the book, but he didn't get to Mad Monday. You think that's that's what done it? That's got to be a start. Well, I think it's the opposite. I think that Paul Kent's got a a nasty streak in him. And that, you know- (laughs) No judgment here. Like, obviously, the three of us are no strangers to dressing up. Um, but I think that he, he's he's dressing up and maybe takes it too far. And there are rumors going around about, you know, incidents Kent has been on, and we don't want to give them too much, uh, too much time. But what we can go off is a sharp analysis of Cooper Cronk. We've all got alter egos when we have a bit of alcohol, don't we, Kenty, eh? We've all got a little bit of a different personality. I've never never put on a fright wig and a bad (laughs) moustache. Yeah, someone's not saying something and Cooper seems to know the answer. Yeah, I'll just finish off with what Paul Kent's solution to this Mad Monday uh, problem or lack thereof is. I remember a few years ago, the Raiders sat there and Ricky Stewart called him in. He said, listen, guys, he said, go and have a beer on Monday. Go to a pub. He said, but uh, no... Dressing up, uh, and all the young blokes just went. Oh, because they wanted to have the costumes already paid for their costumes. <laughs> they went and had a beer in a pub yeah. like normal people, and yeah. not a word was said. <laughs> and and that's all. That's, that's all anybody asked. So try telling a bunch of twenty-year-olds to sit in a pub, don't talk, have a couple of beers, and go home. <laughs> Listen, I reckon if we got Kenny involved and told him he could dress up as Johnny Cash, he'd probably be on board, don't you think, Dennis? Oh, I think he loves dressing up as Johnny Cash. I think I'm- in his mind he does. He's dressed up as Johnny Cash with the hair. <laughs> and not just that. There is there is a photo which I'll find and I'll put on the um, the Facebook group of him dressed as Santa Claus. He got a job <laughs> as Santa Claus, and I, I found this to be the most inspiring things that I've ever heard. And I have the picture of him, and I'll put it up. And I suspect 
that's exactly what's happened is that he's he was so scarred by whatever happened in that job because he wasn't cut out to be Santa Claus. Uh, I, I think he's been too scarred by that, and that's where the dress-up aversion comes. Yeah. Can you imagine as a kid you know, sitting on Kenny's knee and saying, you know, I'd like a, you know, an Aurora FX racing kid or saying, hey, what do you think, kid, you Parents are made of money? What are you doing? <laughs> or just, he'd be Santa and the kid sits on his lap and he just tells all of them Santa's not real. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you're never going to play first grade. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Don't believe all that rubbish that if you put your mind to anything, you can be whatever you want to be. I dreamed and toiled to have a career in rugby league and I got seven minutes on the field a, and that was by accident. busted ankle. With a busted ankle, and I didn't get invited to Man Monday. <laughs> I wanted, uh, I wanted an entertaining uh, prime time television show, and they gave me three sixty. <laughs> you try working with Buzz and Hoops. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I don't think so. <laughs> so speaking of three sixty, which is a number, we do love maths, and uh, it has been a while since we've had someone put their hand up as a mathematician. Ooh. But when you're desperate, who else than Gus Gould? I say 99% of us are average. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. That's some, that's some data set, isn't it? Wow. That's magic. <laughs> that's, a, that's a steep tail. In that, yes. That's, that's yes. a very eccentric bell curve right there, that's, Augustine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a data set of 101 as well. Just be 99 of the same, one plus one, one minus one, all levels out. What else you got, Pat? What's the the final Janet Jackson fact for the year? Well, I promised as we go into feedback that I wouldn't do any more Janet Jackson stuff, but I did go and watch the All Right video. And Cab Calloway, I saw Cab Calloway. The famous handkerchief dance was done in 15 seconds, and I don't know why it's famous. I couldn't spot Heavy D, but I did see Sid Charisse, who does a dance routine with Janet and is luminescent. But uh, in, in fact, Tinge with Sadness, fan of the show Terry Bull, tweeted to me today an obscure Janet Jackson fact from the great late Michael K. Williams, who sadly was lost to us overnight. Um, probably best remembered as Omar in The Wire, also did great work in Boardwalk Empire. And Marlo Stern tweeted, my favourite interview with Michael K. Williams was on Latifah's show and they'd been friends since they were the age of 17. And he discussed how Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation video made him get into showbiz. And then Latifah showed a clip of Michael K. Williams as a background dancer. I named my basketball team after that album, Janet Jackson. So the, the Jackson legacy That's two resonates. Facts. There's two That's facts. two facts. The, Jack- the Jackson le- legacy resonates throughout and uh, I know a number of people are very, very sad to for to lose Michael K. Williams. His character of Omar in The Wire is was one for the ages. I don't have any. I don't have any Janet Jackson facts. That's right. Um, the Janet Jackson inspired Gus Gould's game plan in the nineteen ninety one Grand Final. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an opinion. Yeah. Dennis, are you happy to leave the Raiders and their um, disappointing season behind? Uh, yeah, I think just move well, on. We're not doing that. We're gonna we're gonna kick <laughs> we're gonna pick at that we're gonna pick at that dead carcass. Uh, Sam yeah. Tui pointed out that Michael Ennis had a, had a uh, a good game plan for how the Raiders should play. They need to play well. That, that's the key out of all of it. Right. They need to play well. And they cer- they certainly did not do that. So there was the eight-point try. The Roosters' first uh, first try was an eight-point try where... Of course it was. Uh, was it Rapana came over with the knees? No, it was Shans. It was Shans. Yes, it was Shans. It was Shans. And then Elliot Whitehead came over to the referee remonstrating. Well, he, he can't go in and make contact like that. He can't That's reportable contact, mate. So that was sending my Sam to again. What do you want him to do? Disappear? You can't just disappear. Can't. We've discussed yeah. this over and yeah. over again. I mentioned it in the opening. Yeah. You can't just disappear. Yeah. Unless you're Josh Alloway, who's a magician, and he can disappear. Well, yeah, I did wonder. There was a lot of discussion on on what day was Peter Hiku playing. That Peter Hiku, um, he managed to um, twice pull a player off the ball, tackle him without the ball, 
and obstruct them. The first was in the first few minutes, and it really, it should have been a sin bin. This unquestionably, he stopped a try by illegally tackling a player, but neither the ref nor the touch judge nor the other touch judge. So Ashley didn't see it. The bunker didn't see it. No one in the bunker saw it. The suspicion on ABC was, in fact, that Peter Hiku can disappear. Wow. That was Warriors. He did it three times. That was Warriors v. Titans. He did it three times in that game. He he tackled people off the ball. And and this is possibly what happened was- that caused the blow up because he might have been invisible and pushing people and grabbing people's testicles and getting them all angry. And this yeah. this could have been what fired up the fact that Peter Hiku can disappear. So if Peter Hiku was running across the field to make that tackle in that try on Matty Cavallo, he could have disappeared. Well, that would have been something. That would if have been something. If the Warriors 5-8 came over in cover on a Raiders-Roosters <laughs> game. <laughs> If if we were really <laughs> pitch invader, at least hopefully he'd be nude. If we were really nimble, we'd drop in a few bars of Queen's Invisible Man, right? Um, do it in post. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, just just uh, I'll go around quite quickly. Uh, Sam, uh, so Captain, we'll go to Captain Terry Bull, who uh, pointed out a Gus tweet. He said that he doesn't mind entertaining the dopes, drunks, and bong smokers, <laughs> which <laughs> is the uh, that's our job. That's <laughs> which is his. Canterbury's roster for 2022 from the looks of things. Yeah, and then Wade Patrick said that he would have to take his dentures out to to smoke a bong. And isn't the isn't Gus smoking a bong a beautiful beautiful thought? <laughs> <laughs> imagine imagine he passes it to you with a big grin on his face. He's like, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, Terry also said that. Uh, Caught Brandy saying that the score isn't a, a true indication of, of the way the game was played. Yeah. When, in fact, it's the it's the only indication Correct. of the way the game was played. <laughs> uh, Sam Tian said, Dennis, you like this. Synosmosis is like an NRL contract. When it goes bad, it tears. Oh, yes. Yep. Gets torn up. Nice. Y- you mentioned Kenty not getting invited to the Mad Monday. Yep. I believe that might have been borrowed from a Batuta article. Is that right? I mean, they did post that. Uh, Emma Domini Gosh, mentioned it's seeped in on- at a subconscious level because I didn't see that. It's it's pretty it's pretty predictable. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks. Like most but, of my jokes, Pat. Thank you very much. Well, it's it wouldn't it be uh, it's it's far more creative to to think about Paul Kent and Paul Murray going to leather parties or what or whatnot. In your mind, that's, in that's your the mind. truth. That's that's the real art. <laughs> uh, Emma, Emma Domini uh, pointed out another Batuta article uh, through the week. Uh, Emma. Emma Anna Domini. Domini. As in yep. year, year of our Lord. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Uh, Blogger makes interesting point that a good team will will be hard to beat if they play good. Ooh. Now, I spend a, we talked about it before. I spent a lot of time hey, trying Pat, to catch- That was a Batuta post yep. as well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the chief. Um, that's why that was the the poor Kent one went on to to this one. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to catch out commentators, and I'll say this: this might be a little bit controversial. I think Blockers actually, and this is more indicative of the other commentators that I think Blockers in about the top third. Yeah, he's going up the charts, and he falls into like he used to do that thing, like hello, and like he'd be kind of obnoxious, and you can kind of see him like learning and progressing. Whereas a lot of the other commentators, whilst they might have started from higher baseline than Blocker, they just don't get any better. Anyway, speaking of not getting any better, Chris, I think you were happy to leave the Tigers behind. Yes. Which I'm happy to do after this. Wade Patrick said the Tigers are doing it for match, potentially a match farewell game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> sort of signing his papers. We did have Terry Bull saying that Corey Parker kept mentioning uh, Michael Maguire heading to the heading to the canteen that's at the southern end of- Ah, uh, there was some little shtick he had about uh, hot chips and yeah. whatever. And, uh, you know, yeah. Corey, stick to asking the searching questions from the sideline and reporting from the sideline. Leave the comedy to Wayne Bennett. And Cooper. Yeah. And- <laughs> maybe they could form a- Maybe Corey and Bennett could form a duo. And Corey's a straight man. Uh, Corey's too busy because he's, he's doing Adventure Kings oh, yeah. with Cam Smith. That'll keep him plenty yeah. busy. And then finally from me, Jody Bird. Dark stole a place in the comp in 1967. Thank you, Stephen Ferris. Stole a premiership with horse hormones. And now they're stealing the West Tigers' ninth spot. 
<laughs> so they just they cannot win the tiger. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, there you go. That is actually the under the underlying principle and the problem. They cannot win. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know that I'll uh, miss talking about my team for a few weeks. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think the chatter's going away. Mm. They could have done the release the documentary now, when there's not as much stuff to watch, and then what documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, that's that's what I've got. Well, that must then take us on to Chris's kooky correspondence corner. And there's been a bit this week, fellas. But uh, I'll move it through fairly quickly. Bruce Watson, who is. A long-term friend of mine and actually gave, uh, when we were in first year, or they now call year seven at high school, which is where we met, and you had an opportunity to present on a matter of interest to you, and he presented on the history of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He got an F. Uh, He said, (laughs) before we leave this magnificent record-breaking NRL season, as a friend of the show, can I ask you to solve one mystery for me? Has Rabbitohs head of high performance, Jared Wade, been moonlighting as Coach Beard on Ted Lasso? And the answer to that is, of course, yes, he has. Uh, from Bancado on Twitter, uh, he re- sent us in the Fox League reflection about your man Bateman, Dennis, over in London, that he's fired up over reports linking him with an NRL return. No substance, said Bateman, and I actually saw him run out for Wigan in Magic Round, where if you caught the Maloney mm. genius bringing Catalan home over St. Helens, you would have been what, 18 a happy in camper like four me. Minutes. And then kick the goal from about 42 metres out to win in the second half. I bet he threw a few shoes too. If you're watching a Super League game after six months of NRL, I I wouldn't describe you as happy. Uh, Emma Domini, who has been on fire on Blowing Up Deluxe, which is a group we'd love you to join where you see much more quality material than what you're hearing here, posted a picture of uh, Brian To'o with his hair flowing and – says, flaunting must stop, hashtag asking for it. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> we know that you're our- Conscience. Our, our, our sentinel in relation to rugby league hair. Keep up the good work. Ben Searle tweeted, even in Ireland, the Roosters refuse to embrace being Sydney. On the Sky Sports game promo, it says, East take on South at Suncor Stadium. Very well spotted, Ben. And when will these people learn that they're not Easts? What are they, boys? Sydney, Sydney City. City. And they're playing at Lang Park, Sydney. The Sydney. cauldron. Troy Maguire, who is another great friend of the show, said, can the opening monologue for Fire Up this week be a tribute to Kane Evans and Matt Lodge? Well, it pretty much was, <laughs> Troy. So I hope that you're happy. And look, a little bit of interaction between our great show and some of the great voices. We've already talked about Mr. 32% Andrew. Uh, sorry, uh, first of all, Andrew Webster, I wanted to reference. We talked about his player, Colin Matungi, on player Naden match review committee piece. And I said that we got a lot of buzz out of that and said it was the most fire-up thing we'd seen all season. He goes, thanks very much. I ran the edited version in the paper because the match reviews committee's response was <laughs> too long. And if you caught Andrew Voss's piece on the fan when he's on the lounge chair, or what is it, on the folding chair? You've been I've on been the folding, on the folding chair, chair, haven't you? Yeah. It was all downhill. Well, no, the standard's gone up because no, you me. did it with Ashton Sims down at Jerrygon. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, Mick, Mick, did you see that, Pat? Yeah, I did. It was really good. It was a great piece. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I felt like I missed out. I didn't understand what a great character Ashton yeah, I know. Yeah, was. Yeah, Because when he bounced around from the Dragons, the Cowboys, the Broncos, uh, Warrington and the Wolfpack, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Huge metal fan. Favourite Metallica song, Motor Breath. In the frame is our new theme tune along with ABBA. He's, he's, um, he's done a lot of work with the ABC. And and he's fantastic. Yeah, right. He's great. He is um probably needs to ask different questions when he's interviewing the players. But he's so like when he's talking to the players, he doesn't interview them so much as encourage them. Like he's the eldest stage saying, "You had a great game today, mate. You got to think about working on this," <laughs> which which is tremendously valuable for them. But the relationship between him and his brother, who's still playing, and his sister, uh, is is hysterical. The sister is the boss. And they talk about the Sims family used to have Friday night fight nights and after the after the wrestling. Yes. They get down. And it was always Ruan that won. Ruan beats them all up. All and there's another sporting Sims sister as well. A so there are five sporting yeah, American, Sims. The, yeah. She plays American football here. And yeah. to rep level, like they're all astonishing. I tell you what, they should do a new version of that virtual game, the Sims, throw in an extra M and just sort of 
The thing is, you've got to bring up a rugby league family. That'd just be amazing. Uh, anyway, he seems like such a great dude. And I let uh, Vossi know that we really, really enjoyed it. And he came back and he goes, uh, Ashton's the champion. And then he goes, sorry, I meant to say, was a good player, but an even better bloke. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and, nice. And I said to Vossi, the type of player that we need in our game. And he goes, an ornament. So that's the correspondence corner for the week, gentlemen. Did you see Did you see the follow-up with uh, Steve Morris? Slippery. I've seen not as good. I've seen Steve Morris on the fan, yeah. Yeah, well they it's they played an extended version this week and he's just it's just these players don't know, these players don't understand how hard it was back in the day. I think I'd be faster than most players now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it, but look forward to it. Hmm. Well, if that's, that's about it, Dennis. If that's the last bit of uh, Chris's Cookies from Correspondence Corner, then it's time for me to adjourn the meeting. But, Chris, you're going to have to interject because there's still well, one more thing, and it's everyone's favourite part. Chris, can you give us a new reason to hate the Sydney Roosters? In the same way that I was going to put an underline under the Janet Jackson stuff, I was going to put an underline onto this to say, look, I think I've been harsh enough on the Roosters given no, that I am a no. season ticket holder and, you know, wish them all the luck in the semifinals. You know, they've been brave, resilient, dot, dot, dot. And I just simply say, go back earlier in this podcast and listen to what Ricky Stewart said, which is basically, <laughs> if we can't beat that team, I may as well give up. That's another reason to dislike, if not hate the Sydney Roosters. All right. Well, with that, we'll wrap it up. And we are still not the one you knew. We're not the same this time around. We're fired up. We're hot. Don't shut me down. But we're going to shut down for another week. And we'll be back next week more fired up. Uh, Please join, as we said before, join Blowing Up Deluxe on Facebook and uh, give us a review and follow Fire Up NRL on Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. (laughs) 